0: Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry, out, we cry out. Today we're in week five of our series called Recover, Becoming Who You Were Made to Be. Becoming, yeah, thank you. Apparently, I need a lot of water these days, and uh, I know a lot of you have struggled with this virus, too. For the last uh, week, it's not COVID, but it makes you feel like you wish you had COVID or something. It's uh, fever and all that. I'm to the point where I'm uh, 10 days in, and I'm on antibiotics. I shouldn't be able to give it to anybody, but I sometimes do just suddenly cough for no reason, so just beware. Um, but during COVID, didn't you change some things? Some things, you, you evaluated things. When we were dealing with this pandemic, you had to decide how important was it to be with certain people, right? You kind of thought, well, this person is my wife. I think I'll be with her. These are my children. I probably got to take care of them. Uh, there's, but you had to make a value decision of who you're going to be with. Were you actually going to physically go to the grocery store? which is a great thing to get to do, right? Or were you just going to order your groceries delivered? We started ordering everything delivered, didn't we? I mean, you got toilet paper delivered, if you could find it. Um, You got your coffee delivered. Everything became a question of who am I going to be with? And the same thing happened in church life. People evaluated, can I be in church? What is the value of being in church? I remember those weeks when we weren't able to meet in person. It was tough. I'm glad we were able to stream. Sometimes we stream from our front, uh, from our living room, if you remember that. I'm glad we're still able to stream today, but it wasn't the same. I remember when we got to gather again, how precious that was to get to see your faces, to get to hear your laughter, to experience your spirits together in the same room The purpose of our series is to help us walk through the basics, the fundamentals of following Jesus, to recover who God made us to be. And today we're going to talk about building healthy relationships. Building healthy relationships, being a part of a church. Why is it necessary to be here? When I was a kid, I remember going to a church service and the pastor actually asked people to respond and he said why did you come today and he was you know wanting people to say the importance of church and one person said oh i just i just love being in the house of the lord i I love hearing you preach, and it's amazing to be here. And just glorious words. And other ones said, oh, I love coming and singing these glorious songs, and it's fabulous to be here and to sing these songs. Oh, I I love being with God's people. They're so wonderful, and it's tremendous. And just a lot of really high-sounding, incredible, intentional things of why they came to church that day. And my dad raised his hand, and he's a little bit of a realist, and my dad said, Preacher, I got to be honest. I came out of habit. But now that I'm here, I hope you preach a really good sermon. And that's kind of true for us sometimes, isn't it? I mean, we have these great thoughts. We want to come to church for a certain reason. Uh, we hope we feel good. We hope we learn something. We hope we're encouraged. But sometimes we just showed up because that's what we do. But we all know that church is much more than that, isn't it? And maybe you did come out of habit today, but I'm glad you're here. I'm glad it's your habit. I'm glad it's a part of your weekly routine to say, I need to be in the house of the Lord. I need to be among God's people. We've been sharing this a lot lately, but Matthew 18, 20 says, Jesus said, when two or three or more of you are gathered in my name, there I am with you. Let me ask you, do you think he's here? Do you sense his presence? Not just a good feeling, not just the warmth, but do you sense the presence of the Almighty God? So that should be our expectation. Because he promised he would be here. I, 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 when we sing that song, I can only imagine, I, I always think about what will, what will Jesus tell me that I miss when I was here? You know, will he tell me, you know what, I was there the whole time and you didn't even act like I was present. I was there, I was sitting right beside you at First Baptist Del Rey. When you were pretending to know the song, but you were actually thinking about who was going to play that afternoon or where you were going to lunch. I was sitting right there, I was there present. You could have had fellowship with me, but you missed it. That's why I think he's going to have to wipe away every tear. Because we're going to go, oh, I missed it. I missed it. You know, when we come to church, you all, I mean, I want to compliment you. You all, you all put on clothes before you came. I mean, back in COVID, you could worship on your couch and whatever. I know you did. I saw pictures. Some people posted them. It was pretty funny. But you all got dressed today. And you all went to your closet and you intentionally put on the clothes your wife told you to put on. Amen? Or your husband or your, somebody told you, right? You, you put on some clothes. And, and when we come to church, one of the things that's so great about coming is we're reminded we need to put on Christ. Right? Ephesians 4.22 says, put off your old self. Anybody got an old self that keeps getting put back on somehow? Anybody this week, during your work week, or around your family, or in your neighborhood, or whatever, you found yourself, man, I'm wearing those old clothes again. Just put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and it's corrupt through deceitful desires, but be renewed. All oh, of that. See, following Jesus and being filled with His Spirit means I can be renewed. I don't have to be rotting away like this old corpse. I can and should be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, put on those new clothes created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. And sometimes I wonder, why did God make it this way that I actually have to put it on? Why can't it just stay on? Ah, but the truth is, we have to continue to put it on. It, it doesn't go away. He didn't leave us. It just We push those clothes to the back of our closet sometimes. I need to intentionally put on this new person. I need to live as the person Jesus has made me to be. It's that new person that I was reborn to be. Sometimes we wonder, why do I feel so far from God? It's because you, you took off those, those good clothes and you're wearing that old self again. When we come to church... When we're with God's people, that's when we're reminded who we really are. I mean, that's our goal here, right? I, I wanna come into the presence of my Lord and remember who I really am. Ephesians 5 18 and 19 says, Don't get drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. That's what he's saying. Listen, don't self medicate. You feel like your old self? You feel like that old cranky person? You know, that person before Jesus? That person that's not godly? He said, listen, don't self-medicate and use alcohol or some other kind of way to feel better. I'll be filled with the Spirit. Intentionally. Intentionally filled with the Spirit. You see, Spirit-filled people join a community that's following Jesus. You can't Be spirit-filled all by yourself. You'll never pull it off. You see, to be followers of Jesus is to be part of a team. I don't know how many of you all played team sports. If you didn't, there's something wrong with you. Everybody did, right? We all got picked for the kickball team at some point, didn't we? I mean, everyone played it. But unless you show up to be a part of your team, you're never going to be who you're meant to be. You can shoot free throws all day, but until you actually show up and play on a team, you're never going to win a game. Not, not ever. No one ever wins playing one on five. See, following Jesus means to be a part of his body. As Paul says in Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, the church is made up of many parts and people have different roles just like a team. No one can be, not everyone can be the quarterback. Not everyone can be the point guard. Not everyone uh, can be the pitcher. We all have different roles on the team, but we make up a body, a team that represents Christ to the world. So when we're filled with the Spirit, we become part of a team. And so when you come and when we gather as people, as followers of Jesus, we function as a team. And there's some things that we are naturally drawn to do. Sometimes we do do them out of obligation, but hopefully we're doing them compelled by the Holy Spirit. So let's look at Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. As we look at (coughs) the people of God who have just received the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Remember, the Spirit's poured out. People hear, their, hear it in their own language. They hear the story of Jesus and how they can repent and be baptized and how they can be follow, become followers of Jesus and be made pure. And then what do they do after that? What happens after you receive this incredible gift of salvation? Well, if you know the story, you know they just went home and forgot about it, didn't they? No, they didn't, did they? See, no, something profound has happened. The living God has saved them. His spirit now lives within them. So something has changed. And they respond as a result of that. Look with me at Acts chapter 2, verse 41 through 47. We'll read the whole passage and we'll come back and look at some pieces. The Bible says this. Those, so those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. and This is the beginning of the people of God as the church. This is what happened after this incredible event. They were saved, they were filled with the Spirit, and this is how they functioned. First, it says that they devoted themselves to the teaching, the apostles' teaching. Now, in that day, remember, the New Testament had not yet been written. All that they had was the Old Testament and the apostles'. The Old Testament has been been completed in Jesus Christ, and the New Testament is about to be written, and it's written based on the stories and the preaching of the apostles. So in effect, what they had was the Old Testament and the living Word of God that was living in these 12 men. And so they were devoted to hearing the Word proclaimed and taught and preached, And that was a huge part of their lives for them. They constantly had this desire to hear the preaching of the word. I hope that's your heart today. That's why we place it as central to everything that we do. It's all about the word of God. It's not my opinion. It's not our teacher's thoughts and somebody else's ideas. It is about the word of God. That's why we constantly teach and preach and apply that in our lives. It is what God wants us to know. It's the word written to us. It's applied to our lives at a heart level. Always be careful about just learning facts when you hear God's word. Rather, understand how that applies to your life. That's why we don't just teach facts about the Bible. We teach the Bible as it is applied to our lives. We try to make the application so we understand what God's word means to us. So the early church was devoted to the teaching of the apostles. But they were also committed to and devoted themselves to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Now, if you're an old-time Baptist, you know that fellowship involves chicken and dessert and some nasty sweet punch, right? That's what fellowship used to mean, or cookies. It's, it's just, hey, we're going to have a fellowship, which means we're going to have food, and we're going to kind of sit around and, and eat. That's what it means. And in truth, yes, there should be some food involved. That's a normal thing. But fellowship is much deeper than that. The word fellowship in Greek is koinonia, and it means a close, an intimate relationship. It's knowing someone well enough that you actually share your real life with them. Not just the life that says, oh, everything's great. It's good to see you. Man, love your dress. You look great. Nice haircut, Cal. You look really good. You know, that's, that's how we kind of come in, and everyone thinks that everyone else is doing fine. Let me just give you some insight. Everyone else is not doing fine. Everyone in here, if we took the time and asked everyone to share a prayer request, there would be something very deep, very troubling, very difficult that each of you are dealing with. Either you just came out of it, you're into it now, there's something that's on your heart. Koinonia means I have people that I'm sharing those things with not just going around burdening like Debbie Downer, oh, it's awful, everything's terrible, but rather there are real struggles, there are real challenges in our lives that we have people we actually share that with. Sometimes in church life, we just want to act like we got it all together. And But one of the joys of church life is knowing people who love Jesus even though they don't have it all together because no one has it all together we're all following Jesus fellowship means i know you well enough to do things like hebrews 10:24 that says let us consider how we may spur each other on or how we may stir each other up or as my daughter sarah says how we may irritate each other to love and good deeds do you have any irritants in your life I mean, maybe people don't just come along and just pick at you, but they find a way to help move you forward. So we need people like that in our lives who give us example to encourage us, to challenge us, to say, you know what, you need to take that next step. You need to do something that may be a little bit difficult. To spur someone on is to help them be the best they can be. I love that. Church life should have those people in it. And you don't just go around irritating people, but rather you know people well enough that you're able to help them maybe hear something that they don't really want to hear, but something that will help move them forward and they may find slightly unpleasant. Ephesians 4.15, it also happened in our fellowship relationships, that we should be able to speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Now, personally, I just like the love part sometimes, right? But the Bible says that we need to speak the actual truth, not like a hammer to hit someone over the head, not in a way that is, hey, listen, you're mean and ugly, and so I just wanted to share that with you. But rather, hey, I want to help you. Here is a way that you could take steps forward. I want to speak the truth, but I want to do it in love for your benefit because I care for you. You're missing out on Jesus best for you. We speak the truth in love, but it only happens in the context of a close, intimate relationship. Or Galatians 6.1 that says, If a brother or sister is caught in a trespass, if you know someone who has gotten off track and who's in sin, that instead of gossiping about it, we should consider how we could restore them. How we can help people stay out of sin in their lives. See, that's what fellowship is supposed to be like. It's supposed to be having those kinds of relationships Because we tend to live in a world that constantly causes us to live in our old selves, not putting on Jesus Christ, not putting on the new person. We constantly live that way. It's when we come into the church, we start to realize, oh, wait a minute, this is who I'm supposed to be. I forgot that I'm on this team. I forgot. I thought I was like everyone else. I forgot that I have the Holy Spirit living in me. It's only when I'm around followers of Jesus and I sense the presence of His Spirit that I remember, oh, I, I can put on the Holy Spirit. I can be filled with the Spirit even now. So they devoted themselves to hearing the word preached. They devoted themselves to this idea of fellowship. And they shared meals together together which is a form of fellowship, and you know what that's like. When you courted your wife, you had a meal with her, right? Why? Because then she may stay sitting long enough, starting to uh, talk to you long enough if you can actually impress her with your brilliant something. But a meal is an opportunity of fellowship, isn't it? It's an opportunity to look at each other, to have an actual conversation. It's great for relationship building. We do this in business all the time lunch and dinner is a way for us to know our client it's also why they also devoted themselves to prayer and we all can pray on our own but when we pray together it's a powerful experience i want to encourage you to be with us for pray first this wednesday night at 6:30 as we gather to pray I think sometimes people come and they they don't come because they don't feel like it's important or they can pray. Listen, there is nothing like gathering with your brothers and sisters and going before the Lord. Spending time in prayer, being prayed for. Everyone there has an opportunity to be prayed for. You don't have to be. You don't have to pray out loud. You can just be there. To gather as a church to pray, to connect with God to make ourselves available to hear from him, to bring our request to him. God, we need for you to do this. We need for you to be present. We need for you to move in people's hearts. We're we're just your servants, God, and it's our heart to be connected to you and doing what you want us to do, to conform us to your image. They studied the word together. They fellowshiped together, and they prayed together. That's why our church is set up the way it is. That's why on Sunday morning it's all about worship. It's about proclaiming who Jesus is. It's about hearing the word preached. It's about having time to have relationships, have fellowship before and after the service so you can build those relationships. That's why life groups are set up like they are, so that you can know other people on a time other than during during worship where you can connect with people, oftentimes in a home where you can get to know people on a very deep level. You can build relationships to help walk you through life together. It's so important that following Jesus is not just a Sunday morning adventure, but it's something that we do on a daily basis, and we have relationships with people that can know us, that we can share our deepest challenges. It's why we have a monthly prayer meeting, even though we pray every time we gather. It's why we have time every month we gather just to pray, so that we can be the body of Christ, filled with his spirit. The effects, you see the effects that happened in the early church, they began to sacrifice for one another, giving, selling what needed to be sold in order to be a blessing to those who were in need. But I love this. They said that awe came upon them. There's something precious about gathering for the followers of Jesus. There should be a sense of awe that he's here. He's present. Should be able to feel And as a result, God had gave them favor in their community. And also, God added people to their number, those who were being saved. See, this is what it looks like to live in a community of Jesus followers. But for some of you, this hasn't been your experience. You're along the edges. You're not really in a life group. You're not really serving. You're just coming from time to time. And you're missing out on the real fabric of the church. It's as if you take a drive to the Florida Keys all the way to Key West, and you come back and you say, I've been to the Keys. Yes, you have. But if you know anything about the Keys, you know that in order to experience them, you have to actually get on the water. Not just drive across Seven Mile Bridge as you leave Marathon and see it. You have to actually be on the water, in a boat, snorkeling, fishing, whatever, going on a tour. But you have to actually get in the water in order to experience the keys. You don't really understand it until you have. The same is true in church life. If you don't have those relationships, if you don't have those friendships with people who are walking together following Jesus, you're missing most of the church. Sometimes I have people tell me, you know, but my best friend is Joe. And Joe's my best friend. Well, just, where does Joe go to church? You know, Joe doesn't go to church. Let me just say this very honestly. Then he shouldn't be your best friend. He could be a good friend. He could be someone important in your life. You're never going to follow Jesus unless your closest friends are followers of Jesus. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Your closest friends, and it's best if they're even ahead of you in following Jesus. Who are they? Who's going to mentor you? Who's going to help you? Sometimes we're following Jesus. We're just showing up at church some on Sunday morning and we're like people walking down the avenue in the evening, walking down Atlantic, and you're walking past the tables of people who are eating this scrumptious food and you're, you're smelling some of the aroma and you're sensing some of the atmosphere and you're hearing some of the laughter and you're walking by and you're, you're reaching over and they don't mind if you just take something off their plate as you're walking by. I don't think they mind, do they? Do they mind? That's frowned upon, okay, good. Don't do that. But sometimes people we were just doing that. Hey, I will experience the avenue. And you did, you were there. But until you actually sit down and eat, you haven't experienced it. You're just walking by. You gotta sit down. You gotta order some food. You gotta spend a little money. You see, church will always be less than it is intended to be if you're not filled with the Spirit, if you're not building those relationships. Sometimes people will say, I came to church today. I, I hoped I would feel better. I, I hoped that God would be pleased with me and maybe He would bless my endeavors this week. That's, that's why I came. I, I thought God would be pleased with me for coming and I, that's why I came. But that's not why you come to church. You come to church to encounter Jesus, to worship Jesus. To have relationships with people who are also following Jesus. That's the offer. It's not to earn his favor. You see, we don't earn his favor. We receive the favor he wants to give us. Simply by saying, yes, Jesus, I I repent of my sins. I know I can never be what you want me to be unless I receive a new life from you. And I repent of my sins. I want your spirit to come into my life. And I want to be a new person. And if that's your story, then you're coming to church to visit with others who are doing the same thing. Sometimes we get upset The church isn't this and it isn't that. And, you know, I didn't like that song. I didn't like the preacher's shirt. I didn't think that joke was very funny. Uh, my wish he would preach on uh, the revelation because I'm concerned. You know, all these things come into our lives. So but I just want to ask you, why did you come? Why did you come? My hope and prayer is that you came to encounter the living God through his people. I hope that's why you're here. See, church is designed to help us live filled with the Spirit so that we can be the person God made us to be. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. You can't do that on your own any more than you can win a team sport just as an individual. You have to be a part of the team. And this team is a team that has supernatural power because the God of the universe inhabits her. So this morning, I want you to do a couple things. Number one, are you just walking by or you want to experience the fullness of the church? Do you want to actually experience all that God has for you through his church? If that's true, I want to encourage you if you're not in a life group, get in a life group. See Julie or I after the service. You can go to uh, fbcdelray.com slash lifegroups and we will get you hooked up. You say, I'm in a life group. I don't want to be in a different one. Great. Sign up. Let us know. We'll help you. You say, well, I think people in life groups might be weird. Yes, there probably there might be. I don't know. But you're going to have to be intentional. And you're going to have to be willing to Risk a little bit. And you're going to have to show up. People say, well, it's what time? There are different times during the week. It is going to have to be an adjustment. But let's remember one day we're saying we're going to stand before Jesus. He's going to say, listen, I had a lot of people I wanted you to know down there and you missed it because you were watching Monday Night Football. You can just take Monday Night Football, you can watch it later. Don't miss what God has for you in relationships. Are you in a life group? Are you actually participating in your life group? Or are you just showing up and sitting there and going home? Or are you actually willing to be known and to know others? Second, evaluate. evaluate your closest relationships. Be intentional about making sure that those you are closest to are following Jesus. Who are your closest friends? Are they walking with Jesus? Are they filled with the Spirit? Are they helping you make these journeys together with them? I love the story of the California redwoods and sequoias. I mean, that's one of my bucket list items to get out there to see that because they're like nearly 400 feet tall. Some of them are 2,500 years old. Um but I was talking to my daughter Sarah today and we were sharing about this reality uh, this week. Do you know how deep their roots go? How deep do the roots go of a redwood tree? I would think it would go hundreds of feet. But you know, they really only go 10 or 12 feet deep. 10 or 12 feet to hold up a nearly 400-foot tree. It's incredible. You know why they can stand for 2,500 years with only 12 feet of roots. It's because their roots are intertwined with the roots of the trees around them. It's a root system. They hold each other together and they hold each other up because their roots are intertwined. And they even share nutrients between each other's roots. See, that's what the church is supposed to be like. You will never Stand alone. It just doesn't work. And maybe that's where you're coming from. And maybe you're saying, Steve, I need to be a part of things. I would love to help you. See, the church is designed to be that root system for you. Don't miss it. And don't think that maybe because of what you've seen in the past, it hasn't worked for you. Don't miss building those relationships that can help you stand as a follower of Jesus and help you encounter him on a daily, a weekly, a monthly, and an annual basis. Now, some of you may say, you know, Steve, that all sounds great, but I've never, I don't think I've ever received this gift of salvation. I don't know how the Spirit would ever get inside of me. It's very, very simple. It's a question of, will I receive what Jesus wants to give? It means I'm saying to Jesus, I can never be good on my own. I've tried and I think I'm a pretty good person, but I know I'm still guilty. Simply say to Jesus, I I repent. I admit that I'm, I'm a sinner. And I want what you did on the cross to count for me. I want to know forgiveness through your blood. And I want your spirit to come and live through me. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how my life's going to change. But I'm going to trust you, Jesus, to make me a new person. Would you do that today? Would that be your decision today? Oh, I hope it is. Don't miss receiving what Jesus died to give you. Would you bow with me? Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make Him known.